Hey, welcome. My name is Glenn Lundy. Super excited to be launching our new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Can you believe it? That's right. The Breakfast with Champions podcast has finally arrived. This is your opportunity to get motivation, education, and inspiration every single day. And ultimately, your opportunity to get a seat at the table, to be a fly on the wall, to listen in to some conversations between some of the most amazing superhumans from around the planet. We're talking about people that are doing the things you know you can do, that have reached some of those levels you know you can reach. We've got celebrity interviews with people like Tiffany Haddish and Grant Cardone, Lauren Rittiger. We've got specialists in areas like Capital Ventures, right? Or wealth building, wealth management, real estate, all kinds of incredible conversations. And what's amazing about the Breakfast with Champions podcast is you're going to be able to tune in, listen in. They won't even know you're there, right? It's just like you're, you're, you're listening in on all these incredible secrets of some of the most successful humans from all around the world. You know, when we launched Breakfast with Champions, we had no idea of the power that it was gonna have. We had no idea of the collaborations it would create. We had no idea that we'd be able to connect humans from England and Australia and Saigon and America, of course, all together in one room having powerful conversations that elevate everyone in the experience. Listen, if you like these episodes of Breakfast with Champions, do me a huge favor and let us know. We would greatly appreciate it. We pour into this. You're going to get five to six hours of content every single day, Monday through Friday, five days a week. You can keep coming back. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast. We'd appreciate it. Drop your comments, share your thoughts and your reviews. It mean the world to us if you would do that. And in exchange, we promise you that we will always create a space, a safe space where you can come. You're not going to get politics here. It's not going to happen. You'll never see any type of division in here. It's actually exactly the opposite. We have a bunch of different people with different belief systems, different upbringing, different backgrounds. We've got people from all different ethnicities all coming together. But the one thing that we share is everyone in this room shares the same heart. And it is a heart to elevate you, to encourage you, to inspire you, and to help you become the absolute best version of yourself that you can possibly be. So if you would, do us a favor, write those reviews, subscribe to the podcast, tell your friends. We're going to be here, and we hope that you will be too. Enjoy Breakfast with Champions. You'll see there in the notes that you can skip forward. You can move back. If you need to pause it for a minute, you'll now have that opportunity to do so. We do record these daily on Clubhouse. We have a Breakfast with Champions Club there, or you can follow me, Glenn Lundy, if you'd like to see those rooms, if that's an app that you enjoy. You can always come in and tune in live, or of course, just sit back and enjoy right here on the podcast and anywhere your podcast can be found. It is such an honor and a privilege to be able to spend this time with you. I know that there are a trillion places you could have chose to be. You chose to be right here with us on Breakfast with Champions, and that means the world to me, and I absolutely stinking love you for it. So with that said, we are excited to launch the new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Thanks so much. I'm a coach. I've been a mentor, a big brother of the world, basically, is what I like to call myself for as long as I can remember. Uh, my dad was paralyzed when I was 10 years old, and he couldn't speak, he couldn't walk, he couldn't talk. 
And I remember I watched my mom stand over uh, my dad. And there was there's one core memories we all talk about sometimes. It's kind of the new trend. There's a core memory I have of her over the top of him when he was still in a coma. And the tears were coming out of her eyes. And there's one time I think I ever saw her cry about it. And she was like, please wake up. And it was so powerful. And I think it was the one time they think they let me in the ER. And I was because I was like 10 years old. And, and it'll always stick with me. And the one thing that I saw from my the way that I, I grew up at an early age is I kind of just had to think for everybody. In my opinion, in my opinions, I had to think for everyone. I watched a mother that was un emotionally unavailable, and I don't blame her for it at all. Not for one second. I had an older brother that didn't want to play dad. Don't blame him for it for one second. And I had a little brother who was six years old, and, you know, he'd rather lick. He, I think he could lick his own toe at, the same, at that time. And so he'd rather, you know, be a kid. And so I was constantly trying to look out for my family. And the things that were said in that house which is what my mom grew up in, which now my mom was now the quote unquote head of the family was a worthless human being or oh, you'll always be worthless and you're never, you'll never be able to do anything right. Or you, you'd work so hard on something. I'm sure everyone in the room has had these moments. You work so hard on something at your house and you came home and your, your parents came home. And they're like, they, they didn't even say thank you. They pointed out the one thing that you didn't do or they called you that their, their uh, words of affirmation were a little S word. And Stephen, the one thing that you do that I admire greatly is you'll be like, hey, Angel, how are you? Talk to me. Or hey, sweet girl, how are you? Talk to me. And people can tell that it's actually genuine. And it's a gift that I actually had to develop myself later on in life because I wanted to be kind. And I want to say that there's potential inside of us, not only that's already there, that you can literally uncover. It's incredible. Sometimes we've been taught differently, though, and we have to regain those those that potential. And one of the ones that I want to talk about first is that ability, that ability to say things that are incredibly kind and not feel like you're being mushy or being too much. And it's actually something I wrote in my book, uh, Connection, or how to, the, what is it? <laughs> my own book name. Um, Connection for the Disconnected. And there's a part in there of learning how to edify someone appropriately. And this was one of the first podcasts I did back in 2017 too, was how to be kind. And I remember there was this one moment I was in a relationship back in uh, 20, 2020 as the right before it was right after the pandemic had started. And I remember this, this girl, she was so sweet. She was so wonderful. And I'd never been able to say kind things. I'd never been able to say sweet things to somebody before. And I remember she walked in the room and my heart was beating a little bit harder. And I was like, hey, sweetie, how are you? And she kind of looked up at me. And she goes, did you say sweetie? I was like, yeah, I did. And man, my heart was pounding that day. But it was an unlock. It was an opening. It was a generational trauma that I was no longer going to take on and, and pass along to someone else. Whether it was in that relationship or it was to my kids someday, whether it's to the people that I mentor in my life and the ability to be able to look at someone and be like, hey, how are you? Hey, sweet girl. Hey, angel. And I just wanted to point that out because you do that and it's so incredible the way you do it because you make people feel comfortable. You make people feel loved and appreciated even if you hardly know them. And that's a gift. And that's something that you know, in this world, we need more people that are able to be kind to one another. And I just wanted to start with that. The word that I actually do not like is potential. I do not like it. I was tall as a kid, and I got told all the time, oh, you're, you're, you have so much potential. Oh, my gosh, you have so much potential. 
I even had uh, somebody come up to me at one point and they're like, oh my gosh, man, you're tall. You must, you must have so much confidence. You must be so good, you know, relationships with, with the girls. And I laughed and I was like, man, I didn't have a good relationship until I was 19. And it was only because that her mom happened to love me and saw the, saw the potential in me that she would go behind my back and, and talk about how, how nice I was to her. It's like, yeah, I never, I never knew how to look someone in the eyes. I never knew how to have confidence. I never knew how to do any of that stuff. I remember walking around the University of Portland, this beautiful school up here in, in Oregon. And I was playing baseball up there. I mean, I was even an athlete. I should have confidence. I had this potential in me, right? But I literally had to walk and I would be like, okay, make eye contact. Okay, come on, you can do this. I'd make eye contact and I'd smile. I was like, nice, okay. And the next person walked by, man or woman. Like I was just trying to learn how to create, make eye contact and not like look away and be scared, be scared. Make eye contact. Okay, you got this. That's where I was at the time. And I got so tired of, from my coaches and from agents and from other people. They were just like, oh man, you have so much potential. Because when I was being told I have potential, I'm basically being told right now you're not good enough. And I was so fed up with hearing that. That I was just like, I was like, I'm setting up my life now so that I don't have to hear that anymore. Because you'd have flashes of brilliance. And I'm sure everyone in this room has had flashes of brilliance with their business. They've had flashes of brilliance with their relationships. They've had flashes of brilliance where they look at themselves at the end of the day. They're like, did I just do that? Just like Stephen's story. It's a seven-foot wall. And he said, if you don't, in a bunch of different words, get over that wall. you know. And then he hopped over and he got to the other side. And he's like, oh, my God. That was in me the entire time. Where did that come from? I've had flashes of brilliance in sports forever. I mean, sports are such a cool analogy for life. And there's, there was a moment this last weekend where literally at 21 and seven, I was 10 to 12 from the field and it's a professional game. I had seven rebounds and the wife is, uh, of, the co- of the head coach is an energy healer. She does Reiki and she does all that stuff. She sent me a text after the game. She was like, well, you didn't just get more athletic overnight. So what changed? And I said, I did. It's already inside me. I already know this. And I knew that I was going to commit fully to the idea of committing 100% to to everything that I do today. And maybe there's an area of your life right now that you're not trusting completely. Maybe you're not trusting yourself to, as, I don't remember who, I don't know who unmiked and said they took the mic and told the story in the middle of, (laughs) of an award show and told a five minute story about, about taking life by the horns and doing all that stuff. But maybe you're not trusting yourself enough today to commit fully and to, and to ask for permission later. Or maybe you don't trust that your, your body's going to hold up. If you do something, you don't, maybe you don't think you can jump a seven foot wall. For me, I had a moment in 2015 where I tried to, uh, to dunk on somebody and this is another basketball term, but I tried to jump up, trying to jump over somebody and he was six ten. He didn't jump and I got clipped and ended up landing on my head. And I was unconscious for a minute in like one seconds. And there was a video that I had of of it because somebody was recording for us at a combine. And I could see this guy get up and walk across the state, walk across the entire gym. He was the first person I saw when I came to. So I've had these these moments over the last seven years where I was like, I don't know what's gonna happen and I'm too afraid. My body was more afraid. So I would hesitate all the time. And this weekend before the game, I was like, no, I'm going to commit. I'm okay with the consequences of what's going to happen and the good consequences of what's going to happen. 
from me committing completely to jumping and moving and cutting and doing all these things. I had a big old dunk. It was super fun this weekend. But as I started to trust myself, and I've, and I've said this before, I ask you, uh, when I, every time I'm on here, how are you challenging yourself today? What is one way you're challenging yourself to make today special, to make today memorable, to make your heart beat a little bit so that you get used to these beautiful moments of you stepping into your potential and shining your light? And that's what I ask you. It's like, what are you doing today? And that, that was what I did that day. But I did one thing earlier that day, too. And it's kind of similar to your story of grabbing the mic. There was a guy named Will. His name is, uh, I'll have to find, see if I can find his name, his, his Instagram name. But he plays guitar, and he's got his little uh, setup. And there was a beautiful area out in Vancouver, Washington. And he was playing, you know, with this amp set up. And he had his money, money tin in front of him, and he was just shredding. And so I walked over to him and I was like, hey, man, like we're handing out free tickets. And I was with a couple of our cheerleaders, our dancers. And I was like, you know, you should come sing the national anthem for us actually some one day. And, you know, bring your bring a friend or bring whoever you want. Here's some free tickets. He's like, oh, man, thank you so much. And I was like, hey, do you uh, do you want to play? And I'll, I'll sing right now. And he's, he's just like, oh, you're a singer. And he's like, what are you singing? So he's sitting there still riffing a little bit. And there's an audience of, you know, 30 or 40 people on the pier. There's someone who had just jumped over into the water. There was boats. They were down there. They could all hear us. And I'm going to post this later on Instagram today. But I was like, I was like, oh, I, you know, Green Day or, you know, something, something else. And he's like, I don't know any of those. And he takes off his guitar and he hands it to me. He goes, you play? I was like, oh, dude, I mean, I was like, I haven't played in like a year. I, I, at least I, my guitar got stolen when I was out in, in Little Rock, Arkansas. He's like, he's just, he hands it to me. He's like, you'll be fine. He goes, plus, I've been waiting for someone to give me a break because I need to go get myself uh, something to drink. Hands it to me. He goes, make me some money while I'm gone. I was like, this man is trusting me with his electric guitar and his show while he leaves. And he has no idea who I am. And so I'm standing there in front of the dancers, my coach, the owner of the team. Nobody's ever heard me sing. No one's ever heard me play unless they've stalked my Instagram, which is potential for that. But nobody didn't, nobody knows. And I'm like, man, okay, you know what? I'm just going to do this. And I start playing. I'm like, almost heaven. West Virginia, and I have this, uh, I have the dancer standing in front of me with my cracked cell phone in the shadows so I could see the chords. And I sat there and played, and the guy turned around, Will, he starts harmonizing with me, pulls his phone out and starts singing. And I want to get his, um, I want to get his angle of it when I post it too. I need to send him a message. Because I sat there and sang like three songs. I made at least four or five mistakes on a couple of the other songs that I made. I think I stopped playing one of them because I was like, I don't even know how to do this. I tried playing Party in the USA by Miley Cyrus. But I was up there and I was just, my heart really didn't beat. I didn't really have that, um, I didn't have that moment of anxiety. I didn't have that moment of flutters because I feel heart-centered right now. You know, and I was talking about this last week, you know, change is always going to happen. We're always going to have change in our life. And it's like, what are you doing to put yourself out there so you can continue to get used to your own brilliance? Your own, your own amazing light that you have to where you are the main character. You are the entertainment instead of you watching Netflix or you watching YouTube. You are YouTube. You're, the, you're, you're it. You have something special that's inside of you that is legitimately made for the world to see. And there was a quote that I had a couple weeks ago that was like, whatever you think is the, one of the biggest shameful parts or the parts that you want to remain hidden the most is probably the part that can make you seen. And have you received so much love? Hey listeners, if you enjoy listening to Breakfast with Champions, we can bet you care about your daily routine. Do you want to know the secret to the perfect routine? It's the perfect morning. 
Glenn has written a free ebook called The Morning Five, Five Simple Steps to an Extraordinary Morning. If you can transform your morning, you can transform your life. Head on over to themorning5.com to learn more about the five ways you can change the way you start your day. Love and so much appreciation for exactly who you are. But you have to get to that point. And how many moments, how many times tomorrow, or tomorrow for me, today for the rest of you, I'm on the West Coast at 3.45 in the morning, and we'll go back to bed after this. But how many times, how many moments tomorrow or today are you going to put yourself out there and practice yourself putting yourself into uncomfortable situations? All people say, oh, you know, get good at being uncomfortable, being, be comfortable being uncomfortable. I'm like, you know, this is that, this is that self-help age where we all know the right things. But I want you to get to the point where your heart is beating and you're like, okay, I got this. Because what's really cool is as you step into your potential, these flashes of brilliance just become your everyday walking light. And people will be drawn towards you even when you're not even doing that well in your mind. And I remember when I look back at the videos and I look back at the way that I've played at some points this year, I was like, man, I wasn't even that good. You know, I made like five mistakes. And people are like, oh, did you hear your voice? It's so beautiful. And like, you didn't tell me you had these talents. Jeremy, what the heck, man? Been, hold, been holding out on us. And I'm just like, for a time period, I remember looking at myself being like, oh, I am that main character. And you are too. I remember that when I was on this app, the first time I got to like 10,000 followers and I, I walked in and there was a, a 10,000 follower celebration and someone had even created these cool canva things for for it and and i remember i was listening to all the stories and i had to pinch myself at one point because i was like jeremy they're they're talking about you and, and the impact that you've had on their life and the at times where they've cried and the times where the, and the tears that they've had because you stepped into your brilliance you stepped into your potential it was already already there you created your own schedule for yourself for the first time you started, you know, saying, okay, every Tuesday, I'm going to run these clubhouse rooms for five hours. And you, you, you set your own schedule of, okay, at 8am, I'm going to get up and I'm going to work out, even though I don't have to, I'm going to do it. You set your own schedule or at night, you're like, okay, I'm going to come in a meal prep. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Like we've had our schedule set for us our entire lives. We live, we live in an environment where you guys need these rooms sometimes and you need a little more inspiration. You need a little more motivation. You need a little more education because we grew up in an education system. That says, okay, show up, sit in your chair, listen to what the teacher says. Don't talk unless you're at, unless you're called upon. Don't share with it. Don't look at your neighbor. Don't cheat off your neighbor. And then at three o'clock, we'll let you leave. But everything is scheduled for you. You have this class here. You have this class here. The first class that they should teach you is how to how to schedule your own life. How to set your own discipline. There's a movie that I haven't seen in quite some time. It's called Accepted. But it was one of my favorites, and I might make that required viewing for some of my clients. And I do this. I do required viewing movies as they're going through uh, my training or my whatever you want to call it. Jeremy's Obstacle Course. That's kind of fun. And they, uh, I might make Accepted a movie because I remember they had to set their own schedule. They had to set their own studies of what they were, they were going to, what they were going to learn at the school. And there was a lot of really cool moments and a lot of really cool speeches in that in that moment uh, of that of that movie, excuse me, where I was like, you know, that's actually really cool, and that says a lot for society. Because what did you learn in school versus what did you learn in your social experiments, or what I learned at the pier the other day taking a guitar from some random person, or what I'm going to learn next week when I sing the national anthem in front of uh, all the the city of Vancouver, 
in Portland, basically, too, and, and that are at my game. And then I play a game right afterwards. You know, the one thing happens uh, when you're stepping into your potential, and I want to say this really, really quick, is as you learn how to do this, there's going to be a little bit more of an expectation from the outside that you're going to feel. Because there's a time where you kind of have to, you have, you're, not, you're kind of low-key selling yourself. You're saying, hey, like, I can do this because you grab the mic. And now there's an expectation of, oh, now I need to do this. Or there's a, there's a moment where you send out emails and you're trying to connect with someone that you really care about or that you really wanted to, to have in your life. And you're saying, like, oh, I can do this, this, and this for you, maybe. Then you got to deliver. Or you got to start setting your own schedule in the morning and be like, okay, so at 6 p.m., I'm committing to doing this. At 7 p.m., I'm committing to working on my business. At 8 p.m., I'm going to work on the canvas. At 9 p.m., I'm going to work on the Discord community. And then you have to do it. Or you're being disingenuous with yourself. You're being inauthentic with yourselves. So what's really cool is like the pressure that gets put on yourself. Again, you have to start to get used to it. I really like that they said that it's already more than us and that there's parts of us that we need to maybe remove or the things that maybe we've learned along the way that we're already there. And it's something I'm actually doing because one thing I want to say is there's if there is hope in your life that it can be driven towards things that you're already passionate about, your business, your, your speaking, your, even just your friendships and relationships, and you can have these, these unique parts of your life that are, that are a little bit more passionate for you. I would encourage you to try and in, in, intertwine the two of them. You know, I used to always see piano as a useless skill. I used to see singing as a useless skill. I see the fact that I was trying to learn how to play guitar, guitar as a useless skill. Gaming. I've played so many video games in my life. And I basically, every time my you know, family would walk in the room, it's like, hey, you know, when are you going to grow up kind of deal? And you can't just play video games for hours. And the one thing that I'm doing, and this is uh, on my link tree that's on here, is I'm going to start to do um, support Sunday ser the support Sunday server. And I'm li I literally have a Discord community. It's in my link tree, and you're work welcome to join it. And there's going to be a, a small membership fee at some point. But on Sundays, I'm going to play video games for two to three hours. And you're welcome to come in. And if you're going through something, or you just want to talk, or you just want to be around a community that's maybe like this, on a, on a Sunday evening or something like that when I happen to be playing and you just want a little more success or you want something in the background while you're working, you can literally come and hang out while I'm playing video games and ask me those questions and talk about life or talk about the things that you're going through. And I realized that I was like, you know, I think part of this potential that's always been there has been how in the world do I intertwine the things that I like to make them feel unlike they've always felt from my family. And I think part of the things that you have to get over, if you're in the room and you're listening to my voice, if there's parts of you that are like, I always sabotage myself, why? Like, why, why do I get to the part where I'm about to do something and then I stop? Or why do I get to the part where I'm actually having success and then it, and then it just folds and it crumbles? The relationship crumbles. Um, I, I, start to, I start to fail. And I've had people text me, you know, this, there's a kid that texted me today and he said, you know, when I'm playing one-on-one -on -one and I'm doing things, I, I do just fine. But when I get into fives, I lose my confidence and I kind of just, I kind of just freeze. And if you're someone that when you get in the big moment, it's a little bit harder for you. When you start to speak, it's a little bit harder for you. You feel like you're sabotaging yourself. There might be part of this moment that you don't feel like you deserve. 
And I want you to think about this from time to time and maybe put your hand on your heart and think about those moments that, you know, when your parents or your mentors or people kind of looked at you and they're like, oh, you can't do that. Or, you know, when are you going to, when are you going to get a real job as you were working on your business or something like that? Cause they couldn't understand putting something together for five years that in five years is going to look amazing. But right now it doesn't give you any kind of return. And that was something I had to finally get over in my life was that I had family, people that I looked up to. And I was, we were, we had three athletes in the family, me, my older brother and my younger brother and my dad a little bit, but it was more, he was just his competitive spirit. He played basketball and uh, the Oregon state police softball tournaments. And, you know, all in all his journals that I found, he had some quite riveting stories and I'll share, I'll share those stories sometime at some point because my dad had some wonderful stories in his journals. And I want to get to some shares, so I'm gonna. This will be my last, my last comment. So if you have have some shares on stage, be ready. But if you get to that point where I had to get to that point where I had to walk away, and maybe push aside, and let that energy out of me, that was not mine to carry anymore. I was put on this earth for greatness. I literally read a part in my dad's journal after you know he's paralyzed, he couldn't speak, you know. But I I went I found his old journals. And on 19, in 1998, when we were on a, a camping trip, I had a really good season in baseball and a really good season in basketball. I think I averaged like 28 points a game as a kid. And in the comment that he put at the start of that trip, he said, a star is born. And he spelled it B-O-R-N-E. So he didn't even spell it right. Actually, he might have even spelled it B-O-U-R-N-E. It was completely wrong, regardless. But I remember when I looked at that and I was 26 years old, it was one more moment because it's not just going to be one moment. You're like, okay, I can do this. I know I can step into my potential, but it was one more moment where I was like, you know what? Someone did see greatness in me, but I think the contract that I signed before I came to earth was how to do it by myself without that dad. Cause that dad gave me so much confidence because he kicked my butt twice, twice a day and four times on Sunday, every day until I was 10 years old. And there was one day where I finally beat him and he carried me on his shoulders, just like I was saying with Steven, he had those words of affirmations. He was a kind man, but he was really respectful and he was really powerful with what he did. He carried me throughout the room and told me how, how I told everyone how great he was. And he said, and starting at shooting guard, six foot five from Albany, Oregon, Jeremy Burratt. And that's the confidence that he put in me. But when he was gone, I had to find some way to create that myself. And not only did I not have him in my, my back pocket anymore, but I had people standing in front of me that was like my aunt and uncle, they were sheriffs or they worked in corporations and they were just like, you know, when are you gonna put that ball down? You know, when, when are you gonna when are you gonna do something, you know, real with your life? And they were trying to be caring, but what they were really doing was saying, I don't see you, I don't think what you're doing is worth it, and I couldn't fathom it. So I think that you're doing nothing with your life. I had to walk away from that. I had to create my own confidence to be able to play. And now in seven countries, I've played in four different states. I've switched sports. I still playing. And I promise you, I took this team that was one and 11 and we're now five and five and we're going to get the four seed and we're going to playoffs and there's going to be a story written about it. And I know my coach even said in one of the interviews, he said, Jeremy Bright's been one of the biggest catalysts for this change. And I even have a, a the LA producer that called one of the coaches that saw an interview of mine in Brazil and on one of the trips that I went on he said I want to work with Jeremy and I have a meeting on Thursday to potentially be on a Netflix show and documentary on how to chase basketball and how to chase your dreams
you have so much potential tapped inside of you. And there may have been someone at someone along the way that didn't see it, that didn't understand it, that couldn't fathom it. Maybe that's part of your journey because maybe you have to be one of the first people in your situation to overcome that so that other people can believe in themselves. And I know I spoke a lot today. I usually get into shares much earlier, but uh, I just really had that on my heart today. Was number one was to say how awesome Steven is, but then to go from there. So let me let me go through the stage real quick. We have three minutes. I'd love to have some some shares or maybe a question. I'm uh, going through looking for flashes. I hope all of you are getting crazy workouts in right now. And if you are, if you are just on stage, feel free to unmic. Well, I'm going to unmic. I, oh my goodness, Jeremy, that was such a powerful share. And one of the things I appreciate um, hearing is that you mentioned the everyday walking light. And sometimes we have to be that light for ourselves. I, and I totally relate to your story because I was in college when my mom had been given this really terminal, you know, disease uh, update and it was a shock to us all and she lasted a year later like a, a year longer than those 30 days but when she did pass the 30 day mark it gave us like this false sense of she's going to be here forever now and when you're a young adult you're you don't you don't see your parents as not being around right so she was my rock. She was my cheerleader. She was, you know, she was that person that just never, she just always saw possibility in me. And she always planted that word possibility. And when I couldn't do something, it was just like, well, figure it out. When I couldn't find things, it was just like, well, figure it out. And so because of that, it just pushed me to be such a, like a resourceful person that it became something that just really always drove me. But before I asked my mom anything, I was like, mm, I gotta make sure I can figure this out before I tell my mom, because she's gonna tell me, figure it out. So when you said that, it was like, wow, when my mom wasn't around anymore, I felt like, you know what? This is something that you have to be your own light for. And it didn't come easy, it, it just didn't. And for me, I was like, how do we, you know, how do we, change things to move into a direction where I can be that light for myself or that person of inner strength. And it, it took phases of my life to get there. It wasn't something that you just wake up one day and you're like, ooh, I feel the strength in me. So, uh, but anyway, that, that chair was really powerful and just that everyday walking light. I just, um, I hope that people took that message away today. Sometimes you have to be your own light. And as Maya Angelou says, nothing can dim the light that shines from within. Back to you, Jeremy. Amen to that. And we have one more, we have time for one more quick share. But the one thing I was saying, I think that's why that one thing on uh, that one reel on Instagram of no one's coming to save me. No. And I know it became viral pretty, pretty quickly because it's like the, even if someone is there encouraging you, even if someone is there turning on your light for you. At some point, you have to do it yourself. You're, you're the one that's going to be in that arena, no matter how much your parents or mentors or someone wants it for you, or even how much your, your creator wants it for you. Even if it seems meant to be at the time, you still have to write that story. So let's do one more quick one. I think there was someone that sent me a back message. Is there anyone on stage that wants to go? And maybe he hopped off stage, the person who sent me the message. All right, well, that's we'll, we'll end it for today. Uh, Dora Maria. 
Thank you for joining us on Breakfast with Champions. If you want to catch the live version, you can follow us on Clubhouse and listen from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday, Saturday 6 to noon, and Sundays with our 111 Sunday service. Make sure you're keeping up with Breakfast with Champions and getting yourself a seat at the table.